Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Wise Men Say. I'm Stephen Goldsmith. Unlike any of you lot that couldn't catch the game on Saturday, I want to be educated on perhaps the most predictable nil-nil of all time, or since Crystal Palace last year, who had the same manager as West Brom this year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't at the game and didn't have any access to it at all. So the educators are coming in the shape of Northern Echoes, Richard Mason. Long time since you've joined us, Richard. Seems like it anyway. I feel I've been kind of subjected to some kind of ban. I don't, I don't know what I've done I know. Wrong. I know. Perhaps, never we're, perhaps we're too friendly and we take it for granted as a guest. Or someone's pulled out at the last minute today, <laughs> possibly. I don't know. Gareth Big no, J, you'll have to no, answer no, that no. one. It was uh, planned because Richard complained he hadn't been on a while. I just feel bad sometimes, you know, dragging you all the way from down there up here. But you know, Down there. I'll bear it in mind <laughs> next time that uh, you're not that bothered. So. <laughs> okay. <Thanks. laughs> we Are We Aside is represented on the podcast for the first time also. Paul Morn, we welcome into our studio... I'm sure there's still plenty for you to say, Paul, even off the back of a nil-nil. You'll sure be fine. I'll, sure, I'll find plenty. I think I'm known as the site's resident, Morny, so-and-so, so I'm sure I'll get plenty to say. Gob poo. <laughs> can you say yeah, that? you can't. Yeah, don't, you can't yeah, swear, we can't, really. We nah, can't. Nah, we'll just nah. try and rise above it. You can't, nah, no. don't, don't. Go on. No. Drop, drop the F-bomb. No. <laughs> you fudging idiot. No, I'm not going to... There's, there's no, no swearing. It's a family show. A family show. Save it for the live shows. It's like Hollyoaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, after dark. Yeah. But maybe we should do that. Can't speak. WMS. After dark. What would that involve? What would the storyline be? Lots of alcohol anywhere. Well, there is anywhere. What would you have done? I don't know. I don't know where to go. A plot, a plot to burn down pizzazz. No, I don't. like that and... Don't make claims like that, please, on air. I'm not. I'm just. I'm coming up with a plot for <laughs> right the, the after after dark thing. Right. Okay. Well, we're talking of plots. We'll hear about the plot of the game on Saturday. Damn gone me. from Gus. Tony Pulis is a genius of setting up a, a team and making it very difficult to beat. There is no other like him. So we knew we needed something to happen. Uh, a corner, a decision, and uh, we done enough to make the referee make the right decision and uh, for some reason he didn't so it's, it's a shame because I thought I thought we were uh, the better team and we needed to win the game uh, a new, new way as you saw new way of playing I thought the fans like it I thought the players they they gave everything you know a new way of thinking so I'm going to analyze the game and think for the future I, I think in the beginning of the game yeah the idea was simple <clears throat> let's not put ourselves in, in any kind of problem but when we settle down, we pass the ball well and we, we try to switch the ball and get the white players on the ball. Uh, then we took a risk as well. We went with, I don't know the which kind of formation because I don't think you can define how many players we had on the pitch trying to attack the ball. And, and even at the end, because uh, Anthony was looking very bright going forward, you know, to put uh, <clears throat> Patrick to have a left foot as well, just trying to find that, 
break. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I think that there are games that are written in history. You know, it was a nil nil all the way. We're gonna be last team and match of the day tonight, <laughs> and uh, we keep moving forward. Uh, it was a very very experienced team today on the pitch. I'm not saying old. I'm saying experienced. There were players that they know how to take responsibilities, players that they play at the highest level, in big teams as well, like Ricky. So we had men, and that, and that was the idea. And I think we got well with all the uh, the pressure, the nerves, or whatever it was called. But uh, we needed that break. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be, but I've got nothing to say about, about the way and the effort that we played today. OK, Gareth, tell me this new new style we've stumbled upon, what Gus was talking about there. It's just 4-4-2. That was it. Really? It wasn't really because he said we found a new way of playing. But after well, that the, was new. after the yeah. after the QBR game, he sort of bemoaned the fact that the players went a little bit more direct and put had a little bit more urgency in the yeah. game almost, didn't he? And that was well, obviously, where the comments came after that. It, it wasn't uh, direct. It was. They, I didn't think I mean, it was against got, QBR. To be fair, they got up the pitch. Um, there was times in the second half where, you know, Wes Brown was the furthest player back, and he was inside their half. So. They, they, they certainly pushed up more. Um, I mean, it, it was the kind of game that you could probably get away with playing the four-four-two because they sort of played that way, and it, they weren't really interested in doing anything other than sitting in for for a point. Um, it might have been interesting if Sunderland had scored, and then they had to change and come out, and how maybe Poyet would have caught with that reaction. But obviously, that didn't happen, even though it should have with the the Johnson. Uh, goal that was disallowed. We often mock the four four two on here, Richard. How, how was it? I always, I, I, n- I never mock it. I always no, mock. mock's probably strong. It does I work always, in some cases. I, I agree that you know there, it can be problematic, especially when you're playing straight lines, and that's especially how Sunderland used to under under O'Neill towards the end. Certainly, they play in straight lines, and no one would get in between them. But it, I don't know. It felt more like a. It's felt more like kind of a back to basics performance. I don't think the the formation really mattered. I think it was just a case of kind of taking everything in stock. And yeah, kind of. You can't get bogged down sometimes in formations. Yeah, yeah. You? I think it was just kind of a let's start again, and they did the same against um, against Palace earlier on in the season. That was after the Arsenal game. It was after the the Southampton defeat, and they kind of went back to basics and kind of started again. And that's that's kind of the, the default position. First home game against Newcastle, he did he did that also, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he called back and and cut him all and set him at Phelan. Mm. Pretty I think much a four-four-two. The reasons they gave for that selection in that game, bringing because he brought Bards in as well, and he had Catamol in for that that game. Yeah, it was key was on the bench. Yeah, mm. yeah, and he said we needed we needed winners, we needed men mm-hmm. in the team, and it's the same kind of thing he said yesterday was that they needed they needed men in there, and mm. I think you know O'Shea and Brown at the back gave that little bit of solidity. I think they both played pretty well, as mm-hmm. good as a partnership I've seen between them in a, in a long time OK as I say I wasn't there so I'm, I'm guessing Paul Lee Catamore was important to, the, to that as well Yeah Catamore was spot on when he came back he he gave the ball away a couple of times as is his style at times however he drives us on a bit better he pushes us forward yeah. he's got a bit more purpose than the likes of Bridgwood and Gomez and we he helps Larson as well Larson looks a lot better in my opinion when he's next to Catamore and I thought we were better for it. I don't think we were brilliant on Saturday. I agree with Gareth that it was probably a good game to play a 4-4-2 in and that West Brom didn't really have any intention of trying to score at all, so we had time to to do that, to use that fine, but mm-hmm. it was it was improvement. Last and fair of Catamal, Gareth? 
I thought what he was it? good. I heard a few people say that they didn't think last time was the best game, but I thought he was pretty good. Um, he's been good all year. I mean, Catamull, he's the catalyst, isn't he, for, for everything, um, for Sunderland. Uh, and I don't think that was any... Uh, well, there was no evidence to suggest otherwise at the weekend. Um, you know, Alvarez was a little bit disappointing. He kept on trying to come inside all the time. He wanted to go almost like replicate that goal that he scored against Fulham. He kept on wanting to do that and few times you just wanted him to up against go, better defenders yeah go down the outside but I mean there was some strange selections for them I mean Craig Garner was playing like left midfield and like I, I've never seen him play left midfield in my life um, for Sunderland any, well barely saw him play football for Sunderland even when he was on the pitch but it, I mean from from the left I mean that was an area to be exploited but I think the full back selection was interesting I'm not sure if Van Arnold might have had a little bit of a knock I was Wonder about that when I saw the team um, selection. Yeah. But I, th I think he might have, or he wasn't fully fit. There were, he maybe he didn't train or something in the week. But um, it, it was very very clear that he, he played those two defensive fullbacks um, rather than the attacking ones because he needed that protection from having the, the yeah. two out and out wingers and the two centre midfielders, and, and that that gave them the support. That's probably the likely. But scenario, at times, I mean, Revier got like Gus said in the audio. Revier got forward, you know. From the left, I mean, he, he Revier just plays wherever you ask him to. It seems in either fullback position, and his level of you know his level of ability doesn't drop. Obviously, he's restricted with his left foot compared to his right foot, but it's not ridiculously noticeable. Um, and you know, Virginia did he did okay, um, but it was all about being on the front foot for most of the game. But they just couldn't. Couldn't break through. Similar, well, it was practically a carbon copy of the Palace game last season under Pulis. Mm. More on Alvarez, there, Richard. Are you, people have been suggesting he just needs a run of games. The, the quality isn't in doubt. Are we? Are we going to see the best from him? Do you think? I'm a little bit worried about this uh, alleged agreement that we signed him if we stay yeah. up. If I'm being yeah. honest, for uh, the figures being mentioned, especially hearing kind of the the hoots of celebration from from the Italian side of things, <laughs> kind of <laughs> upon learning that, I think they seem very happy. He has he hasn't had a good run in any team for a while, and he's always been a streaky player. I mean, we we at the at the Echo we spoke to Kristen Hennage um, before Alvarez signed, and he kind of told us what. Don't listen what, to Kristen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows he knows a little bit more than than I do yeah, about. Yeah, I mean too. Europe. He knows more than everything <laughs> on everything yeah. than everyone. Yeah, he's 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 a uh, world he's, fo world football sage. That's what we call him. <laughs> football sage. Yeah, like that. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, yeah he, he he was he was very kind of he's good on his day, but it doesn't come around enough. Um, and as as a winger, you'd expect him to be a little bit streaky, but it, I don't know. I don't know whether a team like Sunderland, with with all the respect in the world, I don't think a team like Sunderland could carry him on the games that he's not not so good. Hmm. Interesting one, that Paul, isn't it? Gareth mentioned there his performance against Fulham. You just hope he hasn't sort of at the end of that game thought, yes, I'm back. <laughs> This is me. This is what I'm all about. You're playing against better players on the Premier League. Yeah, I've been a bit. Uh, I've been a bit unimpressed with him, to be honest. I think he's he was he was canny in the second half against Fulham. Otherwise, I think he's as as Richard says. You expect string wingers to be a bit streaky and a bit hit and miss. However, I don't really haven't really seen anything he's done in the Premier League. I'd be hoping. I would love Jackarini to maybe come in and try and take our role, but Jackarini's I think at the end of the day he's in he's gonna see a specialist, so obviously mm. that's a bit of a, an issue and I wouldn't be hanging out hopes on Alvarez like a lot of, a lot of fans I think are, but I don't 
of Lord Moffat and Johnson. Because you've got a trick in him, isn't he? So yeah, someone yeah, like that, people get excited. Yeah, though, don't they? To settle. Yeah, well. See it often. Would you want to spend nine million euros nope, on a player? Certainly like, not. I'm just, out, I'm just trying to find the positives year. in the situation. No, I, I don't think it's fair to like dig him out completely. I mean, like Richard saying, I think streaky is the word, and let's hope that if he plays next week at Old Trafford, and then the following week, at, well, the following Tuesday or whatever it is at Hull, if he plays. Let's hope he has a good game in one of one of his good games and that and does something. Um you know, like for a player like Alvarez, I think Old Trafford's probably a a nice stage for him. You know, it's some it's a, the kind of game where he might think, Oh, I'm gonna, you know, turn up in this one and it's Old Trafford, you know. He he might he might do something. I mean that's more hope on my part, but you're definitely gonna have more space to play in when you when you get the ball back um against Manchester United and Defensively, they are probably worse than West Brom. Well, I would I would say that defensively is a team that they definitely are worse than West Brom under Pulis. So, you know, he might be looking ahead to that as a game where he can. Do you think he's going to continue with his setup and formation? I think if we did, I would like to see him try and swap over Johnson and Alvarez because I think Johnson's best on the right, cutting in. I think that's what Johnson's all about, and I. I've not really been impressed by Alvarez on the right, but I'd mm. like to see him go yeah, maybe him going go down on the left and try and go on the outside, in, yeah. rather than feeling yeah. like mm. he's got to quit in all the time. And maybe he's, if we can try and mix up that, we tried it. I think about fifty-five minutes. You could yeah, see the sw- they did switch. Did the Poirier switched them over, but I think um, Alvarez was only on for another ten minutes or so. So it'd be nice to see if we start the ma- if we start a match in the system again with them two swapping wings. Adam Johnson productive again, Richard. He did a lot. He um he saw a lot of the ball. I mean both both wingers saw a lot of the ball. But it just seemed to be it's a confidence thing with the pair of them, with both Alvarez and Johnson. Is that there was a, a you know, a split second of hesitation and taking a touch, letting it roll away and by then the chance to take the first time ball or fizzed across the, the area was had gone. Um I noticed Johnson did win a lot of corners and they did put a lot of crosses in. And for for a, for a team that that's what I was interested when I saw the stats. In. Obviously, yeah, yeah obviously because I, when I, I was on the game, I saw the stats, and I just again I go back to Gus after that QPR game and said, you know, this is what the fans want, the players forcing corners and stuff. I don't like it. And then that's what game it seemed to be, kind of game it seemed to be a little the, bit. The quality in the delivery was, I mean, Larson was disappointing from that perspective. Cause you, you expect a little bit better from him from set pieces as well. I mean, Johnson's notorious for overhitting everything. He always seems to clear the back post with you know the vast majority of his deliveries. Um, Bad from Bradford. <laughs> what, what? He, ne- he didn't overhit the Bradford. No, he didn't. He <laughs> quite. He was barely hit it. But um, yeah, I think uh, it's going to be. I mean, obviously we'll preview uh, the Man United game on into the light, which uh, you can subscribe to and uh, listen every <laughs> Thursday night. Um, if you if you don't already, what have you been doing? Um, but yeah, I think that that's it's going to be an interesting one because we've gone like going backwards in in previous games where there's been a lot of talk, both from Poyet and um, you know supporters as well about playing certain ways in certain games. And I know there's a, an argument for consistency or, or whatever, but I'd I'd be a little bit apprehensive of going to Old Trafford and, and setting up the same way as we did. I'll on be on Saturday, I'll be I, I imagine he'd probably go to the the similar setup to to what he did against. Was Jack Burnley. Barnwell on the bench? Or was he still off? No, it? he's not. Not wasn't available. Wasn't fit. Calf issue. Hmm. Um, uh, Buckley. There was a video. I don't know if you saw that video today. That was doing the rounds of the no, no. under eights playing the first team. It's quite good. Um, 
obviously some little silly feature on the YouTube channel, but Buckley was there, so maybe Buckley's back involved um, this week because he's been out with a well, knee. Maybe problem. he's been relegated to the under eight. How do you get hunted? <laughs> <laughs> I feel a bit sorry. Yeah, I feel a bit sorry. Training with the youth, you're training with the under eight. Everyone's always like asking, like obviously Gus about injuries in the week. Is Jack Rooney going to be back? Is Rodwell going to be back? But no one ever asks if Buckley's going to be back. Pops his head around the door. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, because he's like, no. With a broom in his hand. Yeah, oh dear, cool lad. Probably waiting down at the beach house. Yeah, he might be, huh? But anyway, enough of that, slagging off Buckley, move on. Um, Daddy Graham, I heard positive things about Paul. He done okay. Hesitation there suggests. I I thought he'd done, he was fine, he didn't do anything wrong, and he's better than what Fletcher's been lately. When he got substituted, the... He got a round of applause as if he'd, as if he scored a hat trick. It was kind of, the whole stadium kind of united and won, and I was a bit taken aback. As I say, probably not just because of all he's been through and yeah, it was just and fair everything. Enough. Yeah, True, yeah, it was just fair enough. And he is, he's an improvement on Fletcher. Um, would like to have seen if he, had, if he would have scored when he got put through in the first minute rather than being hauled down. Um, I don't think he looked too threat- threatening. I would probably be wanting if we're going to go to a front. I would be on the side of Wickham starting ahead of the four. I'm not Wickham's biggest fan. But I think out of the three of them, he's the best one to, to partner the four. I thought he did. I thought he did okay. And if you got, in terms of kind of improvement, he has come along a bit. There was there was a moment just before just for half time where there was a kind of a hopeful ball hit. Didn't seem to be aiming for anyone, and he kind of bust a gut to to get on the end of it. Had to kind of cushioned it back. And fans always going to love that. Aren't yeah, it? it was just a bit of you know, it was maybe a bit of wasted energy, but. It was kind of showed that he was mm. that he was a little bit sharper. It kind of showed to me that he's he's not the kind of immobile player that that has been that has been in the past. But you've been pushing from Gareth up in the anyway. I just think he's earned his chance, um, and he. I think his partnership with Defoe, he's looked the best um, out of the two, and he did on Saturday. The link-up play between them was pretty good, um, and you know they looked they looked comfortable together. They read each other quite well, so. I think Defoe had an okay game. I think the limitations of Defoe's game, you know, definitely stand out um, when he's got the ball at his feet and he wasted quite a lot. Um, but you, you, I guess you don't have him in the team for that day. Um, so you're going to have to have somebody up there who's willing to hold it and do the dirty work. And Graham, out of the three of them, the other ones, he's probably the most. You know that he's the most viable option at the moment. I think if he goes to the traditional Poyet system at Old Trafford and plays like the four-three-three with a striker from the left, then I imagine it'll be Wickham who, who comes in in that in that instance. Um, but that's just a, a system thing. That's that I wouldn't say that's a, that Graham's been dropped. I would just say that's a accommodation thing, and that's something we should be doing anyway. You know, we should be changing the way we play um, game to game, and it's what some supporters have asked for, and it's what Poyet's been striving for. And it will be interesting to see if he does that next week. How far has Fletcher fallen down the picking order, Richard? Now, it's a, it's a strange it's a, one that for me because I've always liked Stephen Fletcher, and there's, there's something not right. There's something not right, and I think Gareth mentioned in in previous previous editions that that he's been getting away with it quite a lot. He hasn't been getting any. So you do listen to all the editions then? Well, you know, you know <laughs> I have them lying around <laughs> on hard copy. No, um, it's it is as if he has kind of escaped a lot of the criticism that came, seemed to came come Wickham's way and seemed to come Graham's way, and that he never 
you know, they say oh, he's a goal scorer, but when he has been presented with those chances, he hasn't always converted them. Um, and as a substitute, I don't think he did enough on uh, on Saturday to, to to stake any kind of claim. I don't know how well he'll train. People say, them, people say the same about Wickham, don't they? The, well, the, the, these guys, there's, like, a, there's a chance. There's now the four's going to start the majority of the games, you think? And there's a chance now for these other three forwards to to really stake a claim. And it's not sounding like any of them are. A grab on the opportunity. Wickham and Wickham and um, and Fletcher came on at the same time on on Saturday, <clears> and Wickham looked like looked like he was playing a game of football. Whereas I didn't see Fletcher until possibly the last five minutes. Even then, probably in injury time. And I don't know. Do you think you need to cuddle? Might just need another hair transplant. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe a thing. I don't Lord know. Law. Well, it's not nothing wrong with that. Not a law boy. He's got the money to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. It's, I think that, that, that Simpsons, you know, when when Homer gets a hair transplant and he gets it from Snake, who's the the resident. Oh yeah, resident takes thief, him over and he takes and he, over his yeah, personality. Yeah. Maybe he's had a hair transplant <laughs> from someone who's not actually a footballer. And therefore, yeah. maybe you should get like a hair transplant with like Ronaldo or something exactly. like that. That's, yeah. Or really that's a suit footballer who's got hair to spare. Mm. Valderrama, Colacini. Colatini, David Luiz. No, yeah. What did you think of the substitutions in general? Because I was. I was surprised. I don't understand why he kept a four on because you know he, he he's a, most likely to take a chance if it falls. But I thought he might have left Graham on and taken the four off when he made that change. Um, and it wasn't. I think like Craig did a bit today um, on the, for the Echo, and he was saying that he thought they managed to keep the system, keep the shape um, with the three strikers on. But I, I thought it went a little bit ragged. Um, I thought. It was a, not desperate, but and I wouldn't go as far to say it was like when Bruce just used to chuck loads of strikers on and hope something happens. He, he's done well again, hasn't he? By the way, that he's signed some random bloke. He's a, he'll have a, a month of form and then he'll sell him in the summer and buy a different one. But anyway, <laughs> um, I uh, it was I thought it was a little bit, don't know, a little bit dysfunctional. When but you can understand he's trying to affect the game in a positive fashion, which is what people have asked for. So and I think the crowd on generally. We're, we're pretty, uh, you know, positive all the way through the game and encourage them on. But as I say, going back to the substitution, I don't know what you guys thought about that. I thought it was a, I thought it was a positive one. Certainly thought it was a positive, like bringing on two strikers felt a bit kind of Mick McCarthy esque almost because they used to do that change of strikers. Mm. Mm. Sixth, McCarthy. Sixtieth, sixtieth minute <laughs> in every game, four, and then just pair them up differently yeah. every week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It felt a bit similar to that, other than the fact that you know, three strikers were on the pitch at that point. So. It, it, I don't think it was as ragged as because I could see I could see that Wickham had moved into the into Alvarez's role and you know it wasn't exactly a massive change of shape but I think the reason to keep Defoe on was probably just if there's any bits and pieces to pick up Defoe was probably the most likely out of the lot to score from them. Um, it's interesting that crowd stayed on side then. Do you think that was down to Gus's letter because? The way things have been going lately, you you, you would have thought a nil nil draw at home West Brom. You might have heard the odd boo ringing around the stadium. I thought it would have been a lot more um, hostile. Yeah, I think that's the word. Mm. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was really good. It was spot on. I was down Bradford last week, and I thought it was really bad down Bradford. I thought that was, I mean, I didn't particularly want him to go, but I thought that would be the end of Paul. Yeah, not for a while. I was saying he managed to get that kind of abuse, and I thought I didn't think he'd see the week out. So it was good that he did, and the crowd was spot on on Saturday. 
Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, there was down there's letter, writing, letter writing skills. Yeah, there, yeah. Well, there's letter writing skills. Oh, judgment. Cr- criticised for his uh, grammar and punctuation. Wow. Write a letter some in people, Uruguay. No, some people... <laughs> Don't speak some, Uruguay. Being some people will twist. Twist on 21, as, as they say. <laughs> But anyway, what was there? Did, did the crowd reaction was it helped by an early decision to get the referee's back, so he sort of has the brunt of the abuse kind of thing. I He's the focal point for the fans' frustration almost. Yeah, that almost kind of galvanised it. Like kind of, and Poet spoke about kind of there being a, a reconnection between the fans and the the fans and the team, and I, th- I think that was kind of siege mentality kind of thing we're all in this together yeah. attitude and it was helped by the fact that the referee dropped a clangor in the first mm. in the first minute and was was pretty poor thereafter I, I think, think managers could almost sort of uh, bribe the referees and they're going to give dodgy decision early don't, on and don't get the crowd on get, your back they don't yeah. have to put much money aside to, to make referees yeah, yeah just, just get Kevin league. Friend to do it right well I hear from Gus on the referee decisions now um, we needed something um, you know from, from the point of view of the performance the desire Pushing, risking, and, and going forward, everything was spot on. Uh, then you need a break. A break can be a, a lucky goal, a great action, a great shot, or a decision. Uh, today, the, the great goal, we couldn't score it. The, the lucky one, we couldn't score it. Then you needed the decisions, the main decision from the referee to go the right way. I'm not saying my way, just the right way, because I, th- I thought it was clear, it was easy. He was not giving the free kick, which is disappointing already. So then, if the linesman get the free kick, I think it was the linesman, the one he needed to call if he was a red or not, and not him. So I, I thought he, he got caught in two, you know, two decisions. The first one he didn't make it, the linesman made, and was right. And the second one, the one he made, it was the wrong one. So uh, poor, poor in that in that aspect. Uh, and then the goal. Look, I'm, I'm honest. It would not be very easy for me to come out here and here and say that we didn't win because of the referee or whatever. Yes, it's on side, Jono. I watch it 20 times, you stop, and yes, it's on side. It's a tough one. You know, I understand that the referees are human beings, and the linesman from 40 yards, the ball flying, when he looks, Jono is two yards behind, perfect run. He can give it the upside. I, I take that one. It hurts because it was a goal, but I take it. But the first one, no. The third one was a straightforward record, and I, I don't think it's. Referee wrong on both counts, gentlemen? Yeah, I think he was wrong on both counts. I didn't. I didn't know at the match that it was a that it, the goal was onside, so I can understand that decision. I think mm. I said it during the pitch, to be fair. But was the linesman on the side where the fall would have been blocking his view? I think remember. he. Well, he I doesn't he matter because he gave he gave it for the he gave it for the for, on Johnson. It wasn't anything to do with the fall, so we just get like. No, but it might have distorted his view a little bit. I mean, because I, I think the flag went up. Yeah, the second you, Johnson yeah. had the ball, so I don't know yeah. if he's seen the four and he's yeah. just his flag. His arms automatically mm. gone yeah, up. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because like, because down our end, a lot of people didn't even like realize straight away, and it was it went up mm. quick. Mm. I mean, like you say, it's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? That that one, and you understand that sometimes they go your way and sometimes they don't. But it's the first one that compounds it. I know there's been people saying. 
by the letter of the law. It's not a sending we, we off. We're going to do a break, though, aren't we? Uh, this is really clichéd what I'm going to say now, but, but people, say, people say it evens itself out, and we've if, had the whole game. We've had that we should have had a penalty at Bradford. If you know this, if you um, if it had been a Sunderland player in that position and they didn't get sent off, you'd you'd be thinking, Phew, got, away. got away with that one, mm, absolutely. And that that's that's the thing. I think um, sometimes you can get it's going to sound stupid, but sometimes you can get bogged down in the intricacies of the laws of the game. That's because, stupid. Yeah, because <laughs> um, in a split second he's got a, a decision to make and, and what something looks like. And I know a lot of people are saying, well. The ball had run away from Graham, and he probably wasn't going to get the ball. But then you're given the decision on that, that possibility that he isn't going to get it. But he's being pulled back, according to the referee, um, or well, the linesman in this case. Yeah. Um, and then, no matter how soft it is, if you get the decision. And then what you're looking at is it's Lescott's intention. So Lescott's been Lescott's been done by Graham, and he's panicked in that situation and pulled him back. Now, because it was a little tug, it, it, I think it makes it easier for him to give the yellow. If he'd done what uh, Wes Brown did against Hull last season and absolutely obliterated Shane Long like he did, do you think he would have uh, given a yellow card or a red card in that situation? It I think he would have given a red card. Exactly, it yeah. shouldn't. So this is what I'm talking about. I mean, I was saying, speaking to Andy Dawes on Twitter about this, um, another person who comes on here sometimes, and he was saying, well, these are laws of the game. I was kind of saying, well, I just think it's a professional foul, which apparently is not a red card offence. It's a denying a clear goal scoring opportunity yeah, now. But is, I mean, yeah. it's a prof- it's a professional foul. It's just it's just cheating. Cynical. It's cynical, and he's only done it because of the the situation he's found himself in. He doesn't know the ball's running through to to Foster. He's reacted to try and stop him from scoring in that situation. So, I think the gut instinct there straight away. I think everyone was going red, red, red. You just felt as always good. It had to be, but then, like you say, some of the decisions we've had recently haven't exactly gone our way. And I know people say, "Well, you can't blame blame decisions. You got to do more in a game." But at the same time, if they keep going against you, like the penalty at Bradford, the handballs against Hull, those are three, and the game on Saturday, three massive games, and we've been denied opportunities to be in those games in a big way by, you know, bad refereeing. So I think. Um, Poyet was pretty fair, I thought actually there, especially with the linesman. He hasn't gone all Mourinho, has he? I tell you what, and no, suggested like, there's a conspiracy theory. Um, Tony Pulis <laughs> said one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard anybody say in my life as well. So, which was something like, um, I've seen old street. women. I've seen. Well, we walked past him and he said it, and me and Mike were like laughing our heads off, and then he said it again in the like in the um, post-match upstairs. Well, remind us what it was. It, it was something like, um, I've seen old ladies hit harder in the street and stay on their feet. I was thinking, like, where on earth do you live, mate? Like, where old women get attacked on the street? I mean, I know he's lived in Stoke for a long period of his life. Um, so God knows what goes on there. But, uh, yeah, it's just what a strange thing to say. And then, and then he also said that he didn't know what the offside rule was or something as well. Right. He did say something similar when... Uh and David Myler was fouled by oh, by yeah. Huth. Was that three yeah, or four years ago? Yeah, the red card. Yeah, yeah. And he said something similar afterwards, which, in the context of things, was pretty pretty silly because Myler had just come back from the second of a, a pretty bad knee yeah, injuries yeah. and <laughs> didn't go very down very well. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, I remember, I remember that same, red card. He yeah. actually did the same thing um, in a way because he he didn't. He was like, I don't know who the lad is about Graham. Like dismissively, because he was yeah. like, I don't, like, cause he did it with Mario. He was like, I don't know the lad's name. 
So like, he said well, Miller or Milo, however you say it or something. And, yeah, and then he did yeah. it with Graham. He was like, I don't know who that is, but he's like gone down this way. And I was thinking, like, you're preparing for a game all week and you don't know the players that you're playing against. Of course he knows who he It's is. just disrespectful. Like, I mean, I've said this in the week. I mean, I know it's like, yeah, he gets results and all that. And, but dear me, like, imagine... That, imagine watching that like it's every week. It's only does that though, isn't it? They, I, awful, I don't though. think I know a manager who well, like, like, can't start from an away. Is it um, a fan if you go? If you if you no, pay, wait, spend wait, all that no, money to I go? I agree with him. And because I've said to you before, I think Pulis is a manager. Sunderland fans want but don't know it. They'll probably turn the nose about it at home. I think watching his teams at home because he's moved on a bit from Stoke. I think he's evolved a little bit. And Crystal mm. Palace and West Brom. See you personally, but when you watch those teams at home. You know, it is quite a high tempo, and I think the stadium light would appreciate that. But what, the polarizing sort of approaches in the away games, as Gav said, is, is bizarre. Where he goes, and he just, it doesn't matter who he plays almost, it's like, just set up, don't lose this, whatever. Yeah. And I mean, Pyde can get defensive, but not, not like that. You know, there's games where I've seen Pulis manage. I've, I covered a couple last, last season when he came up with Palace. And it's games when I, and I think, well, he could win this. Why is he not even trying? Like, 60, and even on, again, on Saturday, 60 minutes. Um, Foster claims the ball and then goes down for for a couple of minutes because he reckons he's been fouled, and it's just like the, the, the time waste and the change in size on the goal kicks. And it's like they're going for the draw here. You've got half an hour. And that, and you've got a, a player like Berahino. You've got players who can hit mm. you on the break. Or they've got quality, and uh, surely, surely they 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 could yeah, put that's it more, more yeah, than the challenge. Wood, but why is it so different away from home? It's bizarre, isn't it? It's, like, it's almost like it's kind of taken sort of pragmatism to new levels, isn't it? Yeah. I remember I've I've seen I've seen a Pulis side play. I think they had at one point they had two, ten no they had eight defenders on the pitch. They had two defensive midfielders who were also defenders. They had four four defenders and they had just had a defender playing up front. It was just it was completely kind of unbelievably negative. Yet he's a results manager, so he'll deliver a result. A point away from home in his eyes will be a good thing. At the end of the season, when they've got thirty six, thirty seven points and they stay up or even more. He'll think that's a job well done. So, yeah. So it's, it doesn't really matter what happens during those games to him. All that all that matters is that point. Gets to the point where you want to be doing more than just surviving grimly. Mm. That's the thing, isn't it? That's as you're saying. He's hit a glass ceiling, and he has with Stoke. I mean, he he done well at Stoke. He done very well. He does very well at what he does. But in terms of trying to expand the way he plays and the way he. He, he progresses, he can't really do it. He doesn't bring anybody through from you. He doesn't change his style of play. I, I know it's Stoke, he kept trying to sign, every year he seemed to sign a flair player like Tunkai one year and then, I can't remember, but every well, year. I mean, he, he tried he to change some, the Stoke and he, he couldn't, he couldn't. couldn't he kept he, going back to yeah, his normal he signed route. Yeah. Some, I mean, Palacios was an excellent player at yeah. Tottenham, signed him and that was the end of his career when he went to Stoke. Like you say, Tunchai, great example of a, a player who looked very good, but he just doesn't know how to use him in games and that that's the that's his downfall. Um, you know he, he's probably comfortable in his in his own skin, so to speak, with with results. And I thought, you know, Palace looked a lot better last season, on, uh, like than he did at Stoke. But I don't know. I just they look well. I mean, they look great against West Ham. I mean, West yeah, Ham are a good home, team. That's what I'm saying. I know, home. but like that. Just why couldn't you do that to a team away from that's home? That's what I'm asking. That's what I was asking. That's I don't know. I don't know why he he takes that approach. But talking about well, all, but I'm also on the subject of him having to pop at people for uh, going down easy and being soft and all that, like Richard says, like Foster rolling around the floor for no apparent reason and all that. You know, you can't 
you know, if you if you're gonna do it yourself, you can't twist about other people cheating. So just, he knows what to say. That's all, doesn't he? They know how to play the media, don't they? But uh, talking about glass ceilings and stuff, we had a tweet from Peter Stamp who wants to know who says, in the last year, have we moved on at all? Is there real progress, promising better future? Well, it is. It is a year next weekend that that Sunderland went to the the Capital One Cup final. So I suppose it is a good kind of a good kind of benchmark to say how far have they... And we were in a relegation zone yeah. most of last season as well. I Which think people tend to... People just, tend to forget. Yeah, I think the just, magnitude of, of what they, what what they moved actually on did. When we, we haven't been in the relegation zone this year, have we? Is that right? They've, they've I don't think we dabbled. Mm. I mean, if you, if, you look, if you look at it that way, any one of the, the bottom ten could go down. Mm. Oh, you yeah. Know, could I'm, be I'm not suggesting we're safe by any means. No, no, by that token, I'm not saying that. Sunderland are in any particular danger right now. But I the don't problem, think the, the thing is, we probably like haven't it. progressed. You know, le- we haven't made leaps and bounds in a year anyway. But at the, uh, I guess the point is, if you then were to get rid of your manager, then uh, the next year is going to be the same again, It'll isn't it? So you're never, you're never going to get out of that, are you? No. I think Poyet acknowledged the point though that they haven't progressed as he'd like. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing. Um, some of the you know been big debates or some of the stuff he's said or hasn't said or, or whatever over the last few weeks. But you can't deny that he's got a vision. Whether or not he'll achieve it is another thing. But I like that bloody-mindedness, and but I also like the fact that he's has changed and tried some different things to get the results in the short yeah. term. One, one thing people can't accuse him of now is 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 not trying to adapt because he's he, every week now we're seeing something different on the pitch. He's trying to find a formula to work, isn't he? Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, he's um, he is he is changed tr- changing things and trying different things. I agree with Gareth Nell. I like the fact that he's got a philosophy, I like the fact that he's got an idea of how he wants us to play and where he wants us to go. Um, I do worry that it's getting with us getting towards the end of the season, everyone panicking about relegation. I worry that Poirier is starting to do a bit of... The reason he's changing every match is because he's, he's trying to find something that works quickly rather than having faith in his own, his own philosophy. His philosophy when he first came a year ago, we... We passed it about really, really well. We passed it about quickly. There was games where, even games where we didn't win, where I thought we knocked it about well. And this season, we just seem a lot slower, a lot more. We don't seem to be taking the same risks and chances. Which, if if you want to play that kind of passing system, I think you've sometimes got to take a risk that yeah. you're going to give the ball away in a dangerous position. Mm-hmm. It's easy to forget that he's still a young manager. Yeah. And he's still new to first the job in the Premier League. Yeah, and mm-hmm. maybe what worked at Brighton which everyone seems to be holding up as some kind of blueprint that he should be following. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not going to work in the Premier League. Maybe and he's tried that and he thinks, well, and the fans that's have asked not going to work. Change, Most of the fans have asked him to change and he's trying to. Yeah. You've got to give him the change. If he's brought it to four and he's playing two up front like most fans want. So this is new territory for him to try. That I said to Gareth at the time when he signed to four, we're going to see what kind of coach he is. We're going to see what he's made of here because he's, outside, he's having a step outside of his comfort zone. But it's yeah. only fair you then give him a run of games to try and... Yeah. St- I don't want to say stumble on something lot, successful, lot, but to try and find a solution. A lot, a lot of kind of positive differences are, are, are stumbled upon just by chance. So it's it's not a case of 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 a player kind of chucking a team out there and hoping something sticks. You know, if he keeps on trying something different each game, it's not a case of it's, it might not be a case of chance, but something might just click. It's trial and error. A li- you know, a little partnership. Somewhere along the line might work, and it it might be the catalyst for the whole team. Mm-hmm. Well, Jim Holmes tweeted saying, "We really struggle to create. How about playing Seb as a wide player in a four-three-three? Must be better than Ricky. Not for me, Clive for me. or Jim. Oh, no, no, no. I think because it's purely that's 
credit to him though because he's been so good mm. that he, you'd feel as though you can't take him out of there. Um, it's not because they don't think he could do a job. And it's taken so long for him to, yeah. to find a, a role that really suits him, Larson, yeah. and I wouldn't I want people, to put him anywhere else, to be honest. People outside of, of, of seeing the club every week probably still see Larson as some kind of attacking right, mm. right which midfielder. Which he isn't. Or an attacking in midfielder in, in, any, in, any, yeah. in any case. I think he's, his best work has been com- coming off the ball a lot of the time, yeah. and he, he does a lot of running and a lot of unseen stuff that you maybe not get the praise for. He's been doing and it, and his kind of energy and and intensity al- alongside Catamore has been has been part of the reason why Sunderland have played well. I think he's been excellent this season. Yeah. I think it would be a crime to take him out of midfield. I think centre midfield. I think he's been brilliant. I think he struggled there for mm. about a year and a half. Well, that's why I was worried position. when I saw the team selection before the game. I saw it was obviously a four four two because he really struggled in in that four four two in yeah. the middle. Uh, when we got over on, he was a main reason for that because yeah. it was a new position for him. He found a place in a Poyet's three-man midfield. He sort of started ac- excel at it, but by all accounts, he he kept those performance levels up for the weekend. I mean, I wasn't there. I thought he played really well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So delivery let him down a little bit, but you know you can't deny. So he's had the tough education, men perhaps. I don't, I'd say I don't. I don't think he's been. I, I think he's worked hard for. Quite a long well, he's time. Always where he hard. Been, he's always worked been. hard. I've never doubted his work rate. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> what else have we got? The Michael Paul. That's quite a good one. Would we be the top of the league if we'd signed Barini? Double hashtag double day. Just wanted us to use the B word. Mm. So I was the reason we're doing so well there. The, re- the, the interesting <laughs> we thing is, ages, we're technically we? a better team without Barini because we haven't been in the bottom three yet this season. Whereas when we had Barini. Um, we spent most of the season in the bottom three, so by that logic. Do you think now, you know, um, we're, we're seeing the Poyets change in the, the system, trial and error, he's trying to stumble on something that works um, because of the arrival of Jermaine Defoe, but perhaps he's only just got over Fabio Barini after all this time and he finally feels like he can move on. Over him. Yeah, he finally feels like he can move on. Let's let's Barini. move, let's <laughs> change systems where we don't need that front left player. Have they given his, given his number away yet? As, as the number 31 shirt had been filled or is that just going to be retired and <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. hung, hung on the walls on Poyet's wall yeah. office wall never to be filled again he's going he's to be the new Robbie Keane or the new Charles and Zogbier isn't he no matter who the matter, manager is, is of Sunderland even when Poyet goes invariably which he will at some point will always be linked with Barini every transfer window and that's just going to be the way it is But it's like a reverse Robbie Keane in that he will never play for Sunderland, but now Barini has played for Sunderland. Yeah, he never he'll will never again. play again, but mm. he'll just continue to be linked until mm. until until he retires. Yeah, any of the players like that who you can compare him to, who we desperately wanted to keep but couldn't. Well, Johnny Evans. Evans. Yeah, given yeah. 20, 20 years. Given, ago. good Shea shot. Given yeah. was good, Wouldn't pay a million pounds for Shea Given. I know. <laughs> so well, I guess we've moved on. Really we've moved on in that respect. I guess. I know. I think a couple of tweets here from why I misses. <laughs> which kind of sums up the feeling or the, the lack of action in the game perhaps and we've asked for correspondence he said yeah there were loads of seagulls flying around the stadium on a Saturday I felt like Tippy Hedren in the birds thanks I'm worried that this is a sign like when a single crow means death and destruction I think just a gaggle of seagulls just means there's pasties that's been discarded or some it's sort of it's only a mile and a half from the course as well is it that much? 
be closer, isn't it? Is it? Mile and maybe? Know. I don't know. I don't know. I've got a yardstick on it. <laughs> yeah. It's happened it's a yardstick out and go and walk it. It's happened a few times recently where at a point in the game it's just all the seagulls have... Do you think that distracts you as you play? Do you think and I don't want to get defecated on well, from above? That's so much that. One clearance, you could you could have the RSPB on your back. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, there was, that, um, there was that uh, incident with Ashley Young, wasn't there, where uh, a yeah. seagull uh, yeah. did a poo oh, yes. in his mouth. Yes, that's right. Oh dear, what a what a horrible thing. <laughs> Speaking of pies, good luck, pick, but you could make you could make a vine. Pies. You could make a vine with it though. You could do that, couldn't you? That mm. would be funny. Um, yeah, the speaking of pies, there's a the the guy who won the prizes. He seems he's gets a mention every week now. <laughs> we just thought his his name on Twitter is Dawson Pies, and I, I finally sought the T-shirt out from a contact them today. And um, I, I said, "Oh, what's your real name?" And he was like, "Yeah, Dawson Pies. <laughs> that's his name." Um, so that's first name is Terrors Dawson Pies, and apparently it's pronounced Peas. It's of German extraction, so. I told them that over here that pie and peas was a so no offence was meant when we were popular, when we were talking um, about it. But it, Dawson's pies yeah. was in the town in the bridges. Yeah. I'm sure. Can you remember that, Richard? No. If there wasn't, sure, it, sure it should have been. Dawson I'm sure there was a Dawson pies. There has the to be. Doesn't there? Maybe Gelders like did them out of it. They like dominate the Honestly, pie market. Pie war. It was, there was a big pie war. The uh, the Gel- Gelders re- reign supreme now <laughs> across the streets of Sunderland. What seagulls got to do with pies? Um, I said throwing away pie crusts at ah, half time, right, sweeping right, in, right. eating crusts. Sorry. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So, more fool you for not understanding. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've done well against. Because Richard doesn't leave pie crumb. Well, neither do I, to be fair. So. No. There's ne- never a pie crumb left for a seagull when I'm around. The ones at Bradford weren't great, were they? What do you think was alright? It was alright, it was his really? favourite. He, gave us, he recommended I it, know, didn't he? He was like, oh, I always have these, mate. It's so like it's a pie, mate. I wasn't like, so impressed. Just you know to pie. Don't get too excited. Forty-five minutes right? we've we've done, and I'm 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 quite uh, pleased with that. Considering the I wasn't at the game, we drew nil-nil. There wasn't many talking points, so well done to everybody here. We'll be back on Thursday, as Gareth mentioned. We will have a question of the week next week again because we're going to have some yeah, Aston Villa tickets to give yeah, away. I think. I think we've got some Villa tickets. We've got obviously a hilarious question to ask. So um, get your banter hats on. Yeah. Banter. It's all about the banter. No, I think we've jumped the banter shark, haven't we? Really? <laughs> jumped the banter shark, yeah. I would like to meet a banter shark. What <laughs> a banter shark? I don't know. You've just invented like, it. You've just invented it. Would like come up from the deep and just be like, <laughs> would just say something <laughs> hilarious. Just barrel in with the punchline straight away. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's got like a vine. On his thin, like a or smartphone maybe, maybe or a if, tablet. If, maybe if you're too it. direct and too offensive with your banter, you, oh, he's a bit of a banter shark, that one. A banter shark? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So would, Keys, Keys would be the, like the ar- archetype. Be King Banter, banter Shark. shark he takes banter too far, he's, he's a banter shark, that one. Yeah. Just yeah. Comes Does that work for people? So we've mm. got banter hounds, who are people who love it, who mm. just like sniff it out, mm. and then you've got people like him who's a, Attacks it from the deep, mm. essentially. But it's Bunch too aggressive. Shot. Too aggressive. Well, that's a what a dreadful end yeah. to the program. I know. If anybody's still listening, thanks for listening. Over and out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.